keeps coming after us we thank you that you leave the 99 for the one we thank you for ideas we thank you for grace to pay the price for every idea we thank you that you are ever present help in times of trouble we thank you that has made available to us graces to be strong and courageous we thank you that we are the light of the world that we are the salt of the earth we are a city set upon a hill we can't be hidden we thank you that you call us your children. But most importantly, we thank you that we can call you our Father. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. We thank God for yet another day, for another opportunity to continue our study. And I'm believing God that we are still praying the six prayers consistently. I'm believing God that we are still following hard after whatever idea that God has given to us and we are paying the price for us or for that. So we continue our study tonight, even as we invite Benji to continue our perusal on forgiveness. Okay, thank you very much for this opportunity. It's my prayer that the name of the Lord be exalted tonight. We want to thank God for another avenue to delve into his word. We are praying that you grant us the grace to not just be listeners of his words, but also to be doers of his words, because we know that the blessings come when we actually do the word, or we obey the word of God. Yeah, so over the past weeks, we've been looking at the subject of forgiveness, and if last week we looked at a case study, of Saul and then dividend. Look at how um, or the ordeal between Saul and David, how Saul really became a thorn in the flesh of David. But David, in spite of all these things, um, he overlooked all the things that Saul did to him and even went on to forgive Saul. And eventually, Saul met his end in an unpleasant manner. And tonight I want to continue our study and I want us to begin from reading from the book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 12. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6 verse 12. The Bible says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. When you read, okay, let me continue reading. Verse 14 says, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Yes, so we've already established in our previous episodes this truth from the Word of God that forgiveness has to be reciprocal. If we forgive those who are in debt to us, that is when the Father in heaven is also going to forgive us if we do not and then we are also going to face the repercussions or the wrath of the father and we ought to forgive ourselves and our neighbors 
because we are also um, vulnerable, we are fallible, and we are full of mistakes. As stated earlier, the mistakes are part and parcel of our lives, and the flesh is always liable to commit mistakes. Even Paul made us understand that the flesh lasted against the spirit, and the spirit also lasted against the flesh. So the flesh and the spirit are always in sort of a contrary motions, and the flesh will always want to contradict what the spirit wants to do. That is why God has given us this caveat to use as an avenue to help with our weaknesses, so that we forgive the sins of our brothers or our brethren, and also they also forgive us for us so that we can move on in our Christian work. All right, so we'll move on to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 24. I want to look at the seriousness of forgiveness. Let me start from verse 23. So the Bible says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to thy altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath fought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gifts. Now let's take it again. This, therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there remember that thy brother had ought against thee, leave the thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer the gifts. I want to read from the NIV version. And I will say, therefore, if you are offering your gifts at the altar and they remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and reconcile to them, then come and offer your gift. So this is um, one of the seriousness of unforgiveness, that if we do not forgive our brethren, it goes to the extent that even God is not willing to accept our offerings and our sacrifices, irrespective of the size of the offerings. And the Bible, or Jesus is making us understand here that if you have something against your brother and you go to the altar and you remember that there is maybe a grudge or something between you and then your brother, you have to leave the gift there. He didn't say take it to leave the gift at the altar, go home and then reconcile with the person and then come back and then drop in your gift. And it's very, very important that we understand this. I don't really know if we've actually had this experience before about going to church and then trying to give your friend and remember something that you have against your brother or your brother has against you. And then you leave the gift. This is trying to make us understand the weight behind unforgiveness that if we have unforgiveness in our hearts because of the bitterness and the striving, the stuff that it can create, God is not even, it goes to the stand that God is not willing to even accept our gift, no matter how big, no matter how large or how fat the gift may be. God wants to make sure that we are in the right standing with Him before we can offer sacrifices 
that are going to please him. So unforgiveness is a very, very serious matter that we do not want to take lightly. We always have to make sure that we live in peace with our brothers and we and there are no hitches, there are no strives within ourselves so that our lives can be and our offerings are going to be pleasing unto the most high God. And there's a scripture that Paul said in one of his books. Um, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. It's not really established who the actual writer of Hebrews is. I think when you followed a previous series that we did on the Bible, you get to know about this. But Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God. But I want to emphasize on the first part that says, follow peace with all men. So the Bible is again admonishing us here that we ought to follow peace. We ought to live in peace with all men. So this is again stressing on that fact that forgiveness has to be a lifestyle, has to be a skill or a culture that we ought to cultivate to help us live and excel the Christian life because from this scripture we can get to understand that if we have something against our brother or our sister we can be giving offerings we can be paying our tithes our first fruits and all of them are just good they are going to go through the drain just because we have unforgiveness in our hearts so it's very very important irrespective of how victimized or how hurt you are by the sin that someone has done to you if you don't forgive anything that you do in the kingdom of god is just going to go in vain so we are really admonishing ourselves that forgiveness has to be a part of our lives and we are trusting god that you grant us the grace to have that impulse to always forgive all right and when it comes to forgiving, it's not just about you saying it with your mouth, but it really has to come from your heart. And we want to see that in the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 35. Because sometimes, because you just want to just shut off the person, you can just say you're forgiving the person. But deep down within yourself, you wouldn't have actually forgiven the person. Matthew chapter 18 verse 35 says this is how your heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart that is from the NIV let me read the King James version King James version says so likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you if ye from your hearts forgive not every one of his brother so the preceding verses talked about a parable we don't really want to delve into the parable much but the point of emphasis is about we forgiving from our hearts so it doesn't have to be just something from our lips but it has to really come from our hearts if we really forgive then it must come from the hearts yes and sometimes the fact that you've not forgotten the sin doesn't mean you have not forgiven the person when we look at the meaning of forgiveness he said it means to let go of that emotion here so there are certain instances or incidents in your life that you can never forget irrespective of how you try to or the effort you put in to forget them you can never forget these um 
incidents. And there's this um, spiritual instructor that I follow, and she's a woman. And one of the ordeals that she had to go through was that she she was being abused sexually by her own father for a long while, for more than almost 20 years. Yes, and even though she has forgiven her father. Um, these are incidents and instances that you can't forget because this is something that has happened uh, repeated for a very long time so you can actually forgive the person from your heart but it might be difficult to forget the incident so the fact that you've not forgotten the incident doesn't mean that you've not forgiven the person but if you actually forgive the person from your heart then you know that the father is also going to forgive you of your sins okay then we want to look at how to resolve issues. How to resolve issues. So Jesus Christ gave us a sample of how to go about issues. That's if someone sins against you, how are you supposed to go about the issue? Because sometimes it's difficult to um, settle cases. Because sometimes how uh, one course that I learned from this year that one thing about treachery or a traitor is that it doesn't come from your enemies because you know your enemies always want something bad to happen from you but treachery actually happens from your friend or a loved one and that is what sometimes makes it difficult for us to forgive because where you least expect something to come from those are mostly the times that or those are mostly the sources that you are going to have these things happening to you um when you look at how Judas betrayed Jesus Christ, this is someone who had been working with Jesus for quite a while, but he actually betrayed Jesus Christ and sold him for 30 pieces of silver. Yes. So we want to look at how we would resolve issues with our brethren. That's if someone sins against you, how are you going to go about the matter? Yes, so I want us to read from the book of Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 17. Okay, before we move to that chapter, let's read from Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. So, this is the disciples were asking Jesus Christ how many times that they should forgive their brother. So, how many times or is it allowed for someone to sin against you? Or is there a limit to which we can say that let's, if you do this thing for more than 10 times then on the 11th occasion you are not going to have forgiveness is there a limit to forgiveness you want to see that in the book of matthew chapter 18 verse 21 the bible says then came peter to him and said lord how oft shall my brother sin against me and i forgive him till seven times verse 22 jesus said unto him I say not unto thee, until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Uh, let me take it again. Matthew chapter 18 verse 21, it says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times. Then Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee, until seven times, but until seventy times seven times. So, this is the number of times that Jesus Christ commanded us that your brother has to sin against you 70 times, 70 times. That's about 490 times before you can, or if 
the offense, the number of offenses go beyond that threshold, then you can say, or you are permitted or allowed not to forgive the person. But the import of the message is not about the actual number, which is about 490 times, but it's about you um, allowing yourself to just forgo what your brother has done to you. Yes. So in the Jewish culture, in the Jewish or in their customs, seven is the number of perfection. And Peter was trying to draw the mind of Jesus onto that fact that somebody can sin against you maybe one or two times, but if it gets to the seventh or it goes past the seventh mark, then I think the person needs to face the consequences or repercussions of his sins. Yes, but Jesus Christ actually he taught them something different. That is to say that irrespective of the number of times that somebody is going to sin against you, you ought to forgive that person because you will also be in a situation where you would need forgiveness from someone or you will be in a situation that you might be constantly hurting somebody. Sometimes you can be doing this out of oblivion. You might not know that what you are doing is actually hurting a person, but you might actually hurting someone yes and you will be at the receiving end or you need mercy to be tempered with justice yes so jesus christ made peter understand that you don't have to forgive someone just seven times but it's actually 70 times seven times which is or which is trying to make us understand that there is no limit to the number of times that somebody can hurt you that you won't forgive that person irrespective of the number of times that the person is going to hurt you you are supposed also reciprocate that act with forgiveness because if i'm to ask us to count the number of times that we have sinned against god or even our fellow human beings i don't think uh, we can actually record, record the number of times yes but and that is trying to make us understand that we also need forgiveness. That is why, irrespective of the number of times that somebody is going to sin against us, we have to forgive the person because definitely we are also going to be at the other end where we need to receive forgiveness. So it is when we are able to reciprocate that act, that is when we will also be liable or we will also be worthy to receive the act of forgiveness, yes. So moving on to the issue, that is how Jesus Christ taught us to go about some pertinent issues about forgiveness. If someone sins against you or you sin against someone, how do we expect to go around that issue? And that is found in the same chapter of Matthew chapter 18. So I want to start reading from verse 15. So Matthew chapter 18 verse 15. It says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his faults between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. 17. It says, And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an unhazing man and a publican. Let, let us read the NIV version. To Matthew chapter 8 verse 15. It says, so even the NIV gives it a heading that is dealing with sin in the church. 
says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So this is a very practical, uh, it's practical steps always that Jesus Christ laid down for us to deal with sins amongst ourselves or sins in the church. So from the first point, let's say if you sin against someone, the Bible is instructing us that first of all, we go to the person and then we speak to the person or you point out your fault to the person that, oh, my brother, this is the thing that I did. This is the offense that I made against you. And then you try and then ask for forgiveness. The Bible says you try and then win the person over. So first of all, it has to be between the two of you. So you ask the culprit has to go see the person and apologize in the first place. But if it does not suffice, because you never know, sometimes somebody can do something to you and you don't even want to look at the face of the person. Yeah, so sometimes it might be difficult for you to see the person that's just the two of you. So the Bible is saying that if that scenario is not feasible, then you can take along one or two people that you think can help you go about the apology. Yes. So you would request the help of two people that you think would help you. Let's say maybe I sin against a person and the person doesn't even want to look at my face. I'll try and get two people, two other people or two other witnesses. And not just any witnesses, but people you think maybe are close to the person that you have hurt or they are friends of the person who can help you talk out the matter. So you can go with them and then they go and then deliberate over the matter so that you help resolve the issue. And if that also doesn't work, then the Bible says that you move on to tell the church. So this is more of like a practical way of settling your issues. And I think I remember one spiritual instructor telling us that if um, two Christians or two believers have an issue, the court's room is never the place to talk out the matter. The court is never a place to settle the matter because the Bible has laid down these principles. Some, sometimes these issues can be very dicey, yes, depending on the issue that we are handling. That, but. The scripture has always been our guide and it is our manual for life. I believe it is best if, as believers, when we have issues, we try and then settle it within our confines before it even moves out to other places. Yes. So first, well, after you've gone to the person yourself, you take to witnesses, it still doesn't work. You take it to the church or maybe to the church elders so that they help you talk out the matter. Yes. But if, let's say, the person the, past, the person doesn't regard the witnesses that it took, maybe to some extent, if the leaders of the church come in, it might help calm the nerves of the person. But if that doesn't work, then the Bible says you can treat the person as a pagan or as a tax collector. Because in the olden days or in the Jewish 
times um, the tax collectors were seen to be one of the most corrupt people of their times just like to some extent uh, we think or we know our politicians to be corrupt just saying but it used to be that same way in the olden days yes that's what the bible talks about um, Zacchaeus who was a tax collector and he goes on to give an account of how he had so that is a dude people in terms of their task collecting. So after he had repented, the Bible said that he gave four times of all the corrupt money that he had given here. So the Bible is saying that if you go through all these steps and the person still doesn't want to hear you out, they have to treat the person as a pagan, as a non-believer or even as a tax collector. So when you look at these steps, it's, it looks like a Herculean tax. It looks like something um difficult to it's not something easy to go through because you have to always you have to go to the first step you have to go and get witnesses you have to go and speak to church elders and it sometimes may seem unsurmountable because the bible is um trying to make us understand that forgiveness is very very important and you have to do your possible best to win or live at peace with your brother and your sister because going through these three steps are not that easy and if you are supposed to go through them in order to just win back somebody that you have sinned against then it is trying to make us understand the quantum of the or the weight of how unforgiveness can be yes so it's, it's very important that we get to understand this and we get to know how to deal with sins because sometimes how you go about the issue can even cause things to escalate yeah, the issue might be a very trivial one but if you are not able to handle the issue very well it can cause the issue to become a very big matter that would cause or lead to a whole lot of uncalled for circumstances yes so it's best that we stick to the scripture and do our possible best to make sure that anytime we sin against anyone or we offend anybody we try our possible best to forgive ourselves so that these issues don't escalate and most of the time what what we mostly think is that forgiveness is actually a sign of weakness and that is not true forgiveness is not a sign of weakness i believe that forgiveness is a sign of strength because when you go through scripture even looking at the life of Jesus Christ on the cross when he was being crucified, one of the words that he said was that Father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Yes, because the flesh will, or the wisdom of man will teach you that vengeance is the way. If someone sins against you, you have to retaliate the person to an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. Yes. But that is not what our master taught us. Our master taught us that we ought to forgive because if we don't forgive, then our sins will not be forgiven us. So forgiveness is not a sign of weakness. Vengeance rather is a sign of weakness because vengeance does not belong to us. When you read the book of um, Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 35, let's quickly read that scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 35 it says it is mine to avenge that's from the NIV version it is mine to avenge I will repay in due time they have I will repay in due time they are foot will sleep 
their day of disaster is near and their doom rushes upon them when you read the king james version king james version says to me belonged vengeance and recompense their foot shall slide in due time for the day of their calamity is at hand and the thing that shall come upon them be kissed so this is god speaking and god is saying that vengeance belongs to us so in no way are we supposed to take the law into our hands and then retaliate or revenge or avenge any sin or any offense that comes against us god says that vengeance belongs to him so you trying to revenge or avenge an issue in the first place is not going to restore things as they were for instance let's say if you happen to be a victim of the murder of let's say a loved one you going ahead to kill or going to murder the culprit is not going to bring back your loved one in the first place and it is uh, even though it might also hurt if you go ahead to that murder the corporates might go ahead to hurt that corporates loved one or their loved ones or their family members but it is in no way going to help you bring back uh, the person that you lost yes so vengeance does not help solve the issue vengeance actually helps escalate the issues it is going to keep on uh, moving the issue from one generation to another and that is what we see in our world right now there are a lot of stuff that have been handed down, handed down to generations because people decided to go down the path of vengeance but it is god speaking in this scripture and he's saying that vengeance belongs to him so when we even look at the case study we studied from that is between david and saul look at how saul pursued david how he tormented his life how miserable he made his life to be but David never lifted up been a finger against him. And in due time, Saul met his untimely death on the battlefield. Yes. So forgiveness is not a sign of weakness. Forgiveness actually is a sign of strength. And any time that we have the opportunity to forgive, we ought to exercise that virtue that we have. So before we end our series, I want us to look at this short parable in the book of Luke chapter 7 verse 40. I'm reading from the King James Bible. It says, And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. Verse 41 says, There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? So let's read the NIV version. The NIV says, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had money to pay him back, so he forgave the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? So Jesus Christ cited this scenario, this short parable, and it was more of like 
an answer to a question that one Pharisee asked him. So when you read the preceding verses, it talked about a Pharisee who invited Jesus Christ to his house. And when Jesus Christ came into the house, there was this woman, Bible described as a sinner. And this woman came to anoint Jesus Christ with an alabaster jar. I think when you read the other Gospels, it portrays uh, Mary Madeline. Yes, but Luke concealed the identity of this woman. So we anointed the feet of Jesus Christ with alabaster jar of perfume. And then he went on to weep on the feet of Jesus Christ and wiped it with her hair. And the Pharisee became more uncomfortable and he went on to confront Jesus Christ, saying that why would Jesus Christ let a sinner touch him? Yes, because the new Jesus Christ was to some extent boasting that he is the son of God and the whole lot. And if you are the son of God and you proclaim yourself to be holy, you are not supposed to be found within the midst of sinners. Yes, Jesus Christ, in an attempt to answer the Pharisee, gave this short parable about two people who owed their master. So, more of like, this is one person owed. The master let's say 50 dollars another person owed the master let's say 50 million dollars and if the master forgives them who do you think would really love the master more and obviously we know that it's the person who would the master about 50 million dollars because he had the most depth yes so this guy is just trying to portray to us the extent of the joy that the woman had that same woman had because jesus christ had forgiven her sins. So this night, I just want to admonish us and then tell us that no matter the sin that you have committed, or irrespective of what you've done, your sins are not too grievous. They are not too criminal to prevent you from coming to Jesus, irrespective of what you have done or the number of times that you have done them. Bible said that he whoever comes to me, I shall in no wise cast away. I read the book of Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. It says, come and let us reason. Do your sins are like scarlet. They are going to become as white as snow. So it doesn't matter the life that you have lived. It doesn't matter what you have gone through. And mind you, um, I want to just put across this fact. As believers, one thing we also have to understand is that forgiveness is not a license for us to continue to sin but forgiveness is actually a virtue that's supposed to give us the edge and then prevent us from sinning forgiveness is not a license to sin but now i want to speak to unbelievers probably you are listening to us and you have never really taken the word of god serious you've never taken jesus christ as a lord and personal savior tonight he's just calling on to you and he's saying that no matter where you have gone, no matter where you have been, no matter what you have done, you are not beyond the reach of Jesus Christ. And because of his sacrificial blood or his sacrificial act on the cross, he has opened wide the arms of the Father. And anyone who believes in him, the Bible says you are not going to perish, but you are going to have everlasting life. And I love the way Paul puts it in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 6 to 8. It says, But when we were without strength, in due time Christ died for us, the ungodly. 
It seems for scarcely for a righteous man one die. It's difficult for someone to die for his brother. It's actually difficult for even a mother to die for his son or their daughter. The Bible is saying that for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, peradventure for a good man, one would dare to die. But God commended his love toward us. But God commended his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God didn't even wait for us to turn away from our sins. God didn't wait for us to feel repentance or remorse of the thing that we have done against us. But while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. And he gave his life as a ransom for us. So tonight I want to ask you to take this decision. That God has opened his arms wide and is waiting for you and he is calling you from the pits of hell he's calling you from the gates of death and if only you are going to believe in his name he's going to take you into his arm and turn your life around and take you into the kingdom of life into the kingdom of light and you are going to have life eternal so i just want you to just brood over this and then pray and ask that Jesus Christ is going to forgive you of your sins. I will say that it is with the heart that we believe and it is confess with our mouth and it is with our heart that we believe. If only we believe with your heart and proclaim with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord is actually going to save you. So Father, we want to thank you for this wonderful evening. We thank you for your word that has come unto us. We ask for those of us who have never had an encounter with you, we want to pray that we believe in our hearts that you came to die for us and we confess the mouth that you are Lord. We ask that you forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, come and live in our hearts and grant us the grace to live in the newness of our life. We thank you Lord for saving us. Amen. So God bless us for our audience tonight and I know that we are going to learn to apply this or this virtue of forgiveness in our lives and we hope to see you in our upcoming series god bless you for staying with us to the end of this series have a wonderful evening god bless you so much for joining us every week keep inviting your friends we appreciate your presence on all the podcast platforms and on the telegram channel See you next week and remember to give God your best but make sure that you all know man nothing this day and forevermore but love. See you next week and bye bye.